0: Hello, all my purple people out there. Welcome to the Purple Factor Podcast. You deserve to be whole, mentally, financially, and professionally. And my goal is to help you get as close as possible. My name is Adriana. Some of you might know me from Instagram or YouTube as the Purple Fashionista. And in this weekly podcast, I hope I can serve you with a dose of being you unapologetically, business talk, and topics on plain old being Black with the hint of finances and mommy life. It's time to dig deep so that you can find the Purple Factor. It's not only a spiritual journey, but it's a mental moment, financial liberty, and taking back you wrapped in one. The ride is crazy, and it'll have you in tears, but I promise it's worth it. We all deserve the Purple Factor, so tune in. All right, welcome back, y'all. And I'm super excited to talk about today's topic. It is one of the things that I tell my students about all the time. It's like one of the things I've preached this so much um, (laughs) in in my classes. And it's just very, very important that uh, we talk about it in in a whole, right? So today we're going to be talking about fixing your relationship with money. And these are just some basics. This is, I'm not going to go in depth on how you can Um, invest and all of that. I'm not doing all of that. These are just things that you can do today um, to start your uh, journey to financial freedom, right? So growing up, my grandma, who spoiled me and my sisters to death, she would always say, um, you can't take it with you, right, in terms of money. So you might as well spend it. And I remember when she died, we had nothing. She literally had spent it all. <laughs> and so there was nothing to really bury her with. And so that put financial strain on my mom and my mom's sister to um, do what needed to be done, which was bury her. Um, and I think when I... Before, it was a spin, spin, spin mentality. My grandma died when I was like 19. I think 19, 20 years old. And... I remember just not wanting to leave that burden to my children, right? And I spent the rest of undergrad with terrible money habits. I was on uh, scholarship my first year, and then, you know, Hope, you got Pell, you got all this other free money that you're getting in college. And truth be told, I don't think I would have needed student loans um, the fifth year that I took, Um, but because of my poor money, Habits, then it cost me to need aid the last year. And I didn't even need as much as I had, right? I took out way more than I needed. And I kind of went from like needing nothing to just getting maxing out that year, right? So I ended up spending in that year what most students spend in four sometimes at, in certain situations in student loan debt. And so I remember thinking to myself um, when I had my son that. One, I didn't want to leave that burden on him. And so, two, what can I do today to fix that? Well, I'm not going to lie. It took another two, three years to get it together. Um, I was was 23 or 24 when I graduated, or would have turned 24. So I was 23 when I graduated. And I didn't really decide that I was going to get my money in order until... I decided to purchase a house. And so I started on the journey of purchasing a home, I pulled my credit report, see what my credit looked like. And to be honest, it wasn't like it was, it was terrible. It wasn't a terrible report, right? It was mostly like some doctor bills. We all know about doctor bills. And then, um, what else, the one credit card that I had. Because at the time, I, had just, I just had one credit card. My times have changed because now I have a lot. <laughs> Managed, but a lot, right? And so I started on the journey, and I'm glad I did because that same year that I decided I was going to buy a house, um, I ended up wrecking my car and totaling my car, and that good credit score helped me get a car. It wasn't my dream car, but I'm 23. Like I, I mean, how was I, 24, 25? Did I need the dream car at 25? No. So it wasn't important that I get the dream car. It was just important that I got a car. And I got a car with a reasonable rate, a reasonable uh, monthly payment, and the car and the insurance fit my budget. So I, I'm good, right? And I'm so glad I did that. And so what it caused me to think, and I, later on I go about in life and I realize like a lot of my friends are starting their financial journey recently right, in, in their 30s, and I remember thinking like, how many of us just don't know about finances? Yeah, we we want to save money, we want to have more money, we want to be able to do more money. We have no idea what we're doing with money. And so in terms of having a son and then keeping track of um, leaving something for him that's positive, right, a house, a trust fund, or whatever, Whatever that may could be, leaving that with him was super 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 important to me, and so that's when I decided you know fix the debt um and and fix 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 my fix my financial situation right so that's what we're gonna talk about today and i I want to say that when I first decided that I was going to fix my my relationship with money or that I was going to be in a better financial state. It was hard to look at me and say that that was my problem. I think for years I joked about being a shopaholic. And I, I to this day, there are some things that I still will splurge on or buy um, that maybe I don't need or maybe I can save up for or whatever the case may be. But back then, I knew I was a shopaholic. I knew going into a store, I was coming out and I was spending money on stuff I didn't really need. Um, to this day, I couldn't tell you where half the stuff is I purchased in college. I have no clue, probably donated somewhere, probably in a landfill somewhere, um, but I don't have it. That's what I do know. <laughs> and so it's important for me to, now when I make spending habits, it's more of how, what is the return on this, this item, right? Right now I'm renovating a bathroom and I'm going to tell you right now, it's been a two, three year journey. I, think I came out the bathroom three years ago. It's been a journey. Okay, And when I say had I not been for fixing my, my finances, that wouldn't have been something that I was able to do. I'm proud of myself for being able to cash flow the renovation of a bathroom on my teacher's salary, right? Because I do some stuff on the side, but let's be honest, the stuff on the side doesn't pay enough to turn around and renovate a whole bathroom. But because of my relationship with money or, or fixing my financial situation, I'm not able to do that. And so that makes me happy. So I'm going to talk about what I did to set myself up financially or put put myself in a better financial situation. I'm going to put a disclaimer on this. I am not a financial guru. This is not something that I I, um, am trained in or formally educated in. This is just what I have done, Um, and I know that it will work for other people. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and it's important that when we, when I talk about these steps, if this is what you plan on doing, if this plan works for you, that come back and listen to the podcast. Like, come back and listen to this podcast. You always can email me or message me on Instagram and ask any questions that you want. If I can answer them, I don't mind answering them. Um, because it's important that we build a community. I think the black and brown community deserves, um a better outlook on money, a better outlook on how to get money, a better outlook on how to keep money. The definition of, of rich is having money today, but the definition of wealth is having money forever. And so if, if, you're, if you have money today that you're going to spend tomorrow, you can't technically call yourself wealthy. But if you have money that you know that you can have two, three years from now or that will grow itself two, three years from now, you can formally call yourself wealthy. I now can call myself I wouldn't say wealthy per se in the terms of having a lot of money, but wealthy in the in the fact that if there's an emergency or if something goes on, I know I got the money to cover it. And sometimes that's cash, right? It's not just credit, it's cash. All right. So the first thing we are going to talk about is switching from a mind a spending mindset to a saving mindset. I think one of my biggest things was. If I wanted it, I was going to go get it, right? And I I grew up with that mentality that you can't take it with you. So I might as well spend it all, right? Spend every dime. And I would spend every dime and then some growing up and in college and a little bit after college. I would go through and quick as the money got in my pocket, (laughs) y'all, it was gone, okay? Like, it's not even there a good minute before I've decided to what I'm going to spend it on. I remember knowing money was coming, a large amount of money coming, and already figuring out what I was going to do with that money. It was already gone before I, it even touched my account. right? So switch from a spending mindset to a saving mindset. How do you do that? One of the things that I do is when my check drops into the bank, the first thing that I do, the very first thing that I do is pay myself first. I we'll put 10%, 20%, even 5% back into my savings account. I don't care what anything goes on. If I can't afford it or if I can't, if it looks like I'm not going to be able to use that 150 or, um, not 150, I'm sorry, the 10% or 20%, then maybe 5%. So instead of 400, maybe I'll put back 100 for that month or for that time being and then i'll i'll work the budget like that and so i know we've all talked about or if you've listened to financial uh experts quote unquote talk about their money issues or whatever or how to fix money one of the things that they, they say is pay yourself first i think that the what we get caught on is the amount that you're supposed to save and there's this this huge thing about oh 30 is the golden rule 30% is ideal, but let's be honest. If I save 30% of my income, I can't, maybe I could. I don't, I haven't, I haven't done 30% because I'm, I'm working my way up to 30, but right now it's 10. So I don't want to start out at the max if the max might not work for me. So if you know 30% is not going to work for you in your budget, try 5%. Try 10%. If you can't do 5%, start even smaller. $10. $20. Right? $30. You'll be surprised how much you'll save up in, a short, in a, long, well, a short amount of time if you set those habits up now. Right? And then I've also switched from if I don't have it in cash, um, and if I haven't made a plan for it, then I won't buy it. I'll hold off. I'll set savings, uh, savings, um, set that money aside every month or set a a certain amount of months. I want to do that. Set those months aside and then I'll save that particular amount per month. Right? So we have to be able to switch from a spending mindset. Oh, the money's here so I must spend it to a savings mindset. Yeah, the money is here. How can I spend it smartly? And then this is going to, the thing about it is this is also a, it's a tiered effect, right? So if I don't buy as much stuff, there's not as much stuff to clog up my house with. There's not enough stuff to give away in six months when I'm tired of all that shit. And then there's just so much more time to go do other stuff, socialize with, home, with friends, go on brunch, go on that vacation because you deserve a vacation, right? If I save today, I can do that tomorrow. If I save today... My grease trip next year, when it comes down to spending that money on the grease trip, it's no big deal, right? So we want to switch from a spending to a saving uh, mindset. And then this, the second thing, is, which is the most important thing, is find the leak. Where the hell are your money going? Track your expenses. I did this technique when I first decided that I wanted to purchase my house. And this was so long ago, but I use it to this day. Or I recommend when somebody asks me about money, this is what I'll tell them to do. Print out your bank statement for one month. So August, let's print out July. Well, print out July statement for the whole month of July. Go through and highlight whatever is important. So what is a fixed expense? That's rent, that's mortgage, that's your car note, that is your um, lights, water, gas, utilities. That's that. Then you want to maybe circle um, those subscriptions or things that you, you might need, right? Gym memberships, your music subscriptions, your iCloud storage fees, whatever the case may be, circle those. And then underline anything else that might just be frivolous spending, right? That trip to Walmart that you knew damn well you didn't need to go to but you did anyway and then you spent $25 there underline that when you are finished add up all the underlined items anything that you underline right this includes brunch this includes going to the movies this includes all of that extra if it's not something that like a subscription or a fixed expense or a living expense like utilities lights or gas you need to be adding it. So all the underlying things need to be added up. And then add up all of your circled items. So anything that may be a subscription that you use, the gym, right, Um, those title memberships, whatever the case may be, you want to total those up. And then you can add up anything that you highlighted, so any living expenses. I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of us cannot control living expenses. That's why living expenses last when it comes to tracking your expenses because there you absolutely need them. You cannot not pay your water bill. You cannot not pay your light bill. And you cannot not pay your car note unless you want to be carless. I don't know. Right? Now, once you have done that, understand, this is where you're going to have to be honest with yourself. Did you need to go to the movies four times? Did you did you have to go to Starbucks every day of the month, even on the weekends when you knew your ass could have brewed coffee at home? Right. Be honest with yourself, and then decide how you can cut those expenses. I'm gonna tell you right now. I've never been a, a buy coffee every day type of girl, so it doesn't this doesn't really pertain to me. But I do know people that will spend four. on a grande at Starbucks. Did you need a grande at Starbucks every day? (laughs) Um, We brew coffee at home here. We have a coffee maker that was 30 bucks that has a self-timer. So before we go to bed at night, usually not me, it's usually my sister, but before we go to bed at night, we will set the timer, put the coffee grounds in, put the water in, and then in the morning, the coffee's bruised. We wake up. We make our coffee. We get out the door. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, "I don't have time. I don't have time." Well, maybe not. May have not, you may not have time, but there's a way to to set aside ten minutes the night before to make sure coffee is good to go when you wake up in the morning. If that even is putting the right amount of coffee, uh, creamer and sugar into a, uh, service mug and putting that service mug in the refrigerator, and then that way in the morning. You're all Everything is, already said, all you got to do is pour the coffee and go. Right? There's a way to lessen those expenses when you're trying to fix your relationship with money. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't splurge on yourself. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is life doesn't have to be as expensive. Right? You still can get coffee every day. Still, I drink coffee, well... During school, I drank coffee every day. <laughs> and it comes from my house. When I make my smoothies, I'm not going to... Y'all, when I went to... I'm this off topic. I went to Smoothie King. And a damn smoothie was $8. What the fuck I get? <laughs> and so it just makes me think, like, I don't even know what I paid for. I'm not even sure what extras I added. But I think when I end up looking, it was like 6 $7. And that could be because I order online. I'm not even sure. Order online or pick up in store. I'm not sure how it works. But I said never again. So I, I bought the stuff and now I make my smoothie, even make my smoothies at home with my yogurt and my, and my agave and my fruit and my banana and my whatever. I'm putting that motherfucker, okay? Here at the house. Because I'm not spending $8 whenever I want a smoothie. Now, again, don't, that doesn't mean don't splurge. Right? But you have to think four or five dollars a day in coffee is twenty dollars a week. That's eighty dollars in a month. Imagine putting that eighty dollars on a pair of shoes that you've always wanted, but you can't afford because you ain't never got no money. A quote unquote never got no money. This technique works because it allows us to be able to see in a month what we're doing, right? I used to ask myself, where's my money going? This process, the statement, I call it the statement trick, right? The bank statement trick. This works. You're going to be able to see where you are, where the money is even going to be able to figure out how you can fix that. Can I take that out? Can I take that out? Even certain living expenses, right? So I put gas in my car once a, once a week, maybe once every other week, right? But if I'm driving excessively and I know I have a budget for gas, I'm driving excessively and I have to fill up uh, instead of three times like I normally would in a month, I'm filling up four times. Where did I go? All right, what did I do? And it's okay to go over, but I don't want to do that every month. If I have a set budget for gas that I do not want to go over because that takes $30 for something else. Right? And so then, again, sometimes we can't afford and that has to be okay right be honest with yourself after you track those expenses understand that you are accountable you're responsible for your financial freedom you're responsible for your financial health nobody is going to come along and give you what you're lacking it's up to you to fix it but you have to be honest with yourself first sometimes you can't afford brunch. sometimes it's worth saying hey y'all I ain't got it today, but we definitely can meet at my house. We can do a potluck. Me and my friends do this all the time. I'm tell you right now, we're, we're moms. Some of us are single moms. Some of us are married. But at the end of the day, I don't mind meeting at somebody's house and bringing a dish. Okay? Because at the end of the day, if I were going out, it would be with those same friends. It's not like we would communicate with anybody else. It's not like we would go with anybody else, Right? We're meeting up there, typically spending those time that time together and then going somewhere else. If we want the the experience and the uh the mood of a restaurant or a lounge, then we'll go out. But sometimes it's look, I'm out, I don't get paid for another four days. Do y'all mind coming to the house? We can have some we can do uh mimosas here. We can make brunch, French toast, y'all brain of this, brain of this, and call it a day, okay? Um, I live in Atlanta, so there's or live close to Atlanta, so there's a lot of free stuff we can do part. Me and my homegirls love getting a basket together and going and getting a blanket and sitting on Pete, my on the grass and just chilling, drinking, we eating, whatever the case may be. Life does not have to be expensive, right? It doesn't. It's just not. It's not necessary. And I think we live in a we live in a a, a day and age where Instagram makes everything look so popping. Everything looks so good. The money has to be spent. It's like, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Fuck Instagram. If you don't have influencer money, if you don't have celebrity money, if you don't have the money that these people are putting out to get the light to do that. Put yourself on pause. Put that dream on pause so you can fix yourself, so you can be there. Now I can spend money when I go out like a drug dealer, if that's what I want to do. I can do that. Four, five years ago, I couldn't do that. Four, five years ago, I was penny-pinching. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still penny-pinching because I'm cheap. I'm cheap now, so... if I go out and I really, I really have to want to spend that money to let that money go. But I don't, but I know I have it, right? I'm working on the cheap mindset now. It's a it's a it's a process, it's a journey. Right? All right, so um we have a day. All right. So the next thing, um, one of the most important things. So after you've done all this, and it's good to, um, I meant to say this in the beginning, get a notepad, take some notes. (laughs) It's so late now, but it's okay. I'm almost done. But the next thing that we're going to talk about is setting savings goals. I think it's one of the most important things. When I first started on my bathroom, I wanted to DIY the whole project. It was a whole thing. I went to Lowe's. I uh, I got approved for a Lowe's credit card. Went to Lowe's. Bought all the stuff for Lowe's because they have an a okay-ish um, deal when you have their credit card. And then um, I would – brought all the stuff home, sat it in my garage, and, and y'all, it sat there for eight, nine, almost yeah, – probably a year. Probably about a year it sat there before I decided, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm over it. Somebody can do it now. <laughs> and then I decided to go and pay somebody to do it. Now, when I did that, um, I had already had a good chunk of change set up because there were other fixes that I wanted to do in my house. And so this is 2021, so we know last year 20, uh, 2020 was stimulus check year. Woohoo! We all went out. We did whatever. Well, my stimulus checks. I went ahead and put some back, and I paid down some credit cards. Actually, I paid off some credit cards, so I'm proud of myself about that. Um, but I just have a very stringent credit payoff, so if I owe credit cards, like I won't do anything else but pay credit cards. And so, again, working on my mindset. But I, re- I had to save up some money for the windows, and then I had to save up money for the bathroom. And so I ended up putting so much back, so much back, so much back. But had I not set that savings goal, there was no way I was going to get my bathroom fixed. I'm I'm forgetting the last little bit fixed right now. I'm so excited. I get a last little bit fixed. And I'm proud to say both the windows and the bathroom were cash flow. Right? That means I did not go into debt to fix either to get the windows replaced. I did not go into debt to get the bathroom replaced. It was a process. The windows kind of got done in two to three months, primarily because we had to wait for the windows to come. But that money had already been set aside, that chunk of change had already, I had already got the estimate or quote from the person. I had had half of it set up then. And then I told myself I'll have half by the time they come and fix finish the windows. After the windows was done, that's when I said, okay, I'm going to focus on the bathroom. I'll get the bathroom fixed. Okay. So, the bathroom happened in stages. I did the demo myself. So, that took a a lot of the cost out. But then I turned around and got everything else put back in. Shower was installed professionally. Floor was installed professionally. And the, the finishing touches, the paint, all of that, done professionally. And that's because I set a savings goal. Now... I'm a bit of an extremist when it comes to money, so this may not work for you. But what I normally do if I'm trying to save a little extra, right? I'll decrease the amount that I'm maybe paying on other debt, or decrease the amount that I'm putting into marketing for the store. I'll sacrifice the money from somewhere else. I don't want to mess with my free, my free money, with the money that I have free, money that I go on. Um, that I put away for trips or the money that I go to brunch with or the money that I made to the movies with my son with. None of that. I don't want to mess with that money, right? Is that a good habit? Probably not. Um, But it teaches me balance, right? teaches me balance. I want to have that free money just in case my son does say, hey, can we go do such and such? Or if I decide I want to take him somewhere, I can do that. Right, Set a savings goal. Like I talked about the um, 10%. Set your 10% and be stringent about your 10%. Maybe the goal is saving $3,000 in a year. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm a big smart goals person. I teach my children smart goals or my students smart goals. I teach my students smart goals <laughs> in class. And so just saying that you want to spend $3,000 a look. We all want to save money. Be specific, right? I want to save $3,000 by July 2022. And once you break down $3,000, what that is monthly, then you'll know what the monthly amount you need to put back. Once you've done that, the next step is to actually do it. First of all, is it feasible to save $3,000 in a year? Do you even have $3,000 a year to set aside just to sit around? and then once you've set that savings goal i'm going to tell you something reward yourself if after a year you save that $12,000 i mean that $3,000 buy yourself a small something splurge on yourself for something because you did it okay because the next thing is to probably set another savings goal if that's what you want to do or to buy whatever you you save that money for I teach my son this now. If there's something that he wants, he has to save for it. He gets a weekly allowance, um, and then he, whenever I, we have, um, I own a cleaning company, so whenever we do the cleaning job, he comes and helps us clean, and he gets minimum wage. But I used to pay him like an exuberant amount. I'm like, you're nine. You don't need fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> you don't need a living wage, for real. <laughs> living is free. So... <laughs> He gets $7.25 an hour, but I make him save half of that, and then he gets to keep the other half. Now, I also tie behavior in and school into being able to spend that money, right? But that's a whole other conversation, a whole other topic. (laughs) But he even gets now to where he'll hold on to some money, and then when he wants to make a purchase, he'll say, oh, I do have this amount of money I can give you. So, for instance, is Xbox Live. He's responsible for Xbox Live every month, and so I've already told him, okay, if you want Xbox Live, that's ten dollars. I'm not paying for that. You're responsible for that. So a couple of months ago, the it lapsed, or my I had to update my card, and I don't know why I had to update my card. I think it's just something that Microsoft just does, maybe quarterly, make you update your card, and I just didn't update update my card. And so then he it took him a month and a half, two months to realize that he couldn't log in a fortnight. And he comes, he says, Mommy, uh, I can't log into Fortnite. And I'm like, Oh, it's probably because Xbox Live isn't working. (laughs) Or your Xbox Live isn't paid up. And so he's been saving up some money. (laughs) Grandma's been giving him money. I think I've been giving him some money. My sister's been giving some money. And so, and this is outside of kind of just what I do for him in general. so He brought in, he said, oh, I got the $10. (laughs) So he brought me $10 that he saved. And so it's important that when we're talking about these financial habits that we are then talking about teaching those to our children. He is a very responsible 9-year-old. Now, he does have his moments. I'm not even going to lie. He's not perfect. But what 9-year-old is, we talked about that today. Um, but when it comes down to buying something or wanting something, he will, if I say I'm not I'm just not buying that, he will go off and he'll get it himself. He'll figure it out. Right? He'll get the money. I'll I'll work for to do this. Um the other day he did something extra so he could get the LeBron James skin. And I might be aging this podcast, but whatever. Unfortunately. And then the last thing that we're, that's uh, uber important is participating in conscious spending months. Um, I think the original concept of, of conscious spending months came from no spending months. But no, I don't like putting limits on what I can do. Like no spend makes me want to just spend like crazy. I'm gonna be, I'll be really honest with you. It's a mind thing. So when we're talking about no spend, quote unquote, I renamed it conscious spending. Because it still allows me to spend money, but it, it, it says to spend it in a conscious manner. Think about it before I swipe my card. Walk around the store a couple of laps before you decide you want that dress, because you might get home and you might look in. Well, I don't even know why I bought it, and it'll go in the closet, and then you won't wear it for months and months and months because you refuse to take it back for whatever reason. I know some people out there. <laughs> I know with some people out there. Um, and so participating in conscious spending months. How do you do that? I think the, what I used to do was every other month. I did every other month where I would um, not spend as much. I wouldn't go as many places. I wouldn't do as much stuff. And then at the end of the month, whatever I had saved over, I would put in a savings account or you can put it, excuse me, you can invest it or you can save it or you can do whatever you want with it. It's your money at the end of the day but it's conscious spending months and then you'll be surprised how much you you save in those months right and then on the non non conscious months um i'm not saying go book wild right but maybe in those months it's okay to go to the movies twice instead of once or it's okay to go to brunch every sunday in the month whatever you whatever you call a non conscious month <laughs> but participate in conscious months I'm trying to to adopt a every month is conscious month thing primarily because there are a lot of other things that I'm trying to do and I don't want to set up a mindset in myself that says um spend 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 spend. And I don't want it to be confused like oh you saying don't spend nothing. That's what is the purpose of that? I work, I'm going to make this money, I'm going to spend the money. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, set up a habit or a relationship with money that allows you to be able to splurge and spend, or splurge and save. Right? That's what we want. We do splurge and save. Um, and so essentially, what we're gonna, what we're talking about, when we're talking about fixing our relationship with money. You, you want to switch from a spending mindset to a savings mindset? You want to find the leak, track your expenses. Where is my money going? Ask yourself the question and then be honest with yourself. I remember helping a friend of mine, and I'm like, well, do you need everything that you spend every month? Yeah, yeah, I need everything. I was like, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. And if, if, the, if the answer to my question is I need everything that I spend a month, you're not ready to fix your relationship with money. You got some maturing to do. Okay? The next one is be honest with yourself. And sometimes you just can't afford brunch. Sometimes, just come to the house, y'all. I got y'all. We gone, we gonna finna do it at the house. I got food here because I go grocery shopping every month. It's food here. Just show up. I'm going to grill. I'm going to this. Or just bring a dish. And I'll, I'll bring entree, uh, a side and I'll make entree. Right? Um, and then set that savings goal. If it's $600 a month or $600 a year, what's well, $600 a year in a month? Break it down. And then be stringent about it. Pay yourself first. Before you even decide to pay the mortgage, before you even decide to put on a car note, pay yourself first, even if it's five ten dollars dollars At least you're establishing a, a habit of saving. Because if you never start the habit of saving, how are you ever going to... Build that muscle, that savings muscle. You're not going to be able to build the savings muscle, right? And then participate in conscious spending months. And this does not have to be every month, it can be three months out of the year. And you pick those three months. It's your world. All right. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And then we'll be back. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Purple Factor Podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram if that's what you like, at The Purple Fashionista. You can also find me on YouTube at The Purple Fashionista. And thank you so much. I will see you guys next week. Deion Sanders once said, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, they pay good. Now, I'm sure he is definitely referring to sports but I'm talking about clothes, okay? Aziri.com dresses the boss in us all, all right? Their motto is, when you look like a boss, you feel like a boss. With their eye-catching colors, patterns, prints, and textures, Aziri helps clients serve style and deals in the boardroom. Shop www.aziri.com, that's ww.az-y-r-i.com. Today to dress the boss in you, use code the purple factor and save ten percent on your order. I am the purple fashionista, and this has been the purple factor. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you got a lot of information from this week's podcast. If you want to follow us on Instagram, that is at the purple factor. If you want to follow me on Instagram to follow my daily life, that is up to you. That is at The Professionista on all social media platforms like TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. The only one that I'm really on is the Instagram. Um, so that is Instagram at The Professionista or at The Purple factor. This has been amazing. I will see you guys next time.